0: Welcome to the Draw Shop's Get Genius podcast, where we talk to today's business influencers to pick their brain and pull out their genius. It's time to get
1: genius. Happy December listeners. Today, we have an amazing guest. Her name is Joy Houston, and I super geeked out on our interview because it's all about copy, and any of you that know my background, I was a copywriter for many, many years and still do some compi- copy for our companies, but just not for other clients anymore. But Joy does, and she has this incredibly unique and very effective approach to how she does this, but we'll go into her background on the interview because it's kind of interesting what she used to do and what she does now and how it all ties in together. So she is the co-founder at Launcher Inc., and this agency got it start crafting high converting funnels for bestselling authors, including, I know you're going to know these names, Dr. Doctor Daniel Amen, Dr. Sarah Gottfried, JJ Virgin, and many, many more. And she's um, in a partnership with her husband with this business, and that's Travis Houston, who I should definitely have on the podcast as well, because he's freaking rad, Anyways, together they architect and oversee the building, the writing, the launching, and the optimization of funnels for high-integrity brands. So just remember that, high-integrity brands. They only work with brands that they actually connect with and believe in. And I know how difficult it can be, especially when you're beginning, when I was a new copywriter and ghostwriter, it was really hard if you did not connect with an author or with the person that you're doing business with for any type of service that you're you're offering because you just can't like you just can't get into it and you just feel kind of like you're being a fraud to yourself so i think that happened maybe once or twice for me and then i was done <laughs> and then it was like i'm only working with people that i really connect with and, and believe that they have high integrity so from that joy has created conscious copy. And this is, it's a process which is based on -on one-on-one interviews with her clients, but her client's audience. And what happens is it reveals the psychology and motivating factors and even the precise language of the customers that We should be using or that her clients should be using during the full cycle of the engagement with their brand. So if any of that sounds confusing, we go deep into that in the interview and it's just really, really awesome. It's just a really unique approach that you probably wouldn't think of of doing. And what she does is she pays special attention to the needs of four basic personality styles. And these are, these are kind of like the buying personality styles that, that we speak to. And so often we speak to just one general audience, one, one avatar, but there's actually four different buying styles. And then they're speaking to what the needs are of, of those different personality styles in relation to your brand. And Joy's just a genius at creating content and um, creating the kind of content that escorts each buying style towards a sale at a pace and connection level that's best suited to their unique needs. So it's not just about building the funnels, it's about creating that content as well. And, and the layers of marketing are that she does are mapped out in this really cool, highly visual, kind of like a, she calls it a brand wonderland atlas. So we'll talk about that in the interview as well. And it's just, there's just like so many cool things. And we'll talk about some of the results that clients are getting because it's not just higher sales. It's just, it's a richer customer experience. And and most of you entrepreneurs know that it's not just about that first transaction. It's about really having that lifetime value, your customer getting that lifetime value from you and having this relationship with them where they feel that they're getting tons of value on a consistent basis and not always value that they have to pay for but just value because they feel connected to you that they are actually wanting to buy from you and getting excited about what emails you're sending out and what it is that your next service or offering is. So we're going to go into all of that and the details in that, and then you're going to get to see a really cool video. So we'll have a link to that in the blog post. And of course, in the show notes that goes through these uh, personality types, and it will be extremely valuable just watching that one video. So I hope you enjoy. Joy is so sweet, so fun, so like honest and real, and I love her. So I hope you guys enjoy this. Hi, Joy. Hi, how are you, Summer? I'm excellent. I'm just out of Thanksgiving and all the hoopla going on with that. Mike and I were rushing to get our house ready and have about thirty five friends and family over. So I'm excited to be in my in my office now, <laughs> talking to you. Uh, <laughs> it's more calm here than it's, at it's, home it's nowadays. It's a lot it more like. calm. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm I'm so so thrilled to have you on Get Genius. I know you for for many things. I know you and your wonderful husband Travis for many things, but you are just this first of all amazing banging hot woman. You're this incredible <laughs> wife, beautiful mother, and of course you're you're just an awesome friend and I'm I'm so happy that that we know you and that you're in our life. Um, oh well, I was honored when you
0: wanted to have me on anything called Get Genius. I was like, wow, I guess okay, I've officially made it.
1: Well, you, you are you're definitely a genius, and and our guests are gonna hear that today and, and why. But you have this like, you you're 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 this killer chef, you're you're a writer, you're an entrepreneur. And there's so many things that we can talk about, but today specifically, I wanted to focus on your latest venture because it's going to speak right to the gut of our audience because they need this. (laughs) And even if they think they already know everything about this, what we're going to be talking about, there's still more. And so I, I needed to have you on the show because you have just so many brilliant tips. And I know that our conversation is really going to help a lot of people. So before we go into it, can you give us kind of the short version of your background and what led you into this new venture?
0: Yes, so what's interesting is if you do a Google search for me, for Joy, who's in, you're most likely going to find a whole lot of chefy stuff, a lot of impressive stuff in the culinary world. I did a lot of work for big brands, including Whole Foods and Sun Warrior and uh, Sonima, a lot of big, great brands. I, I had the luxury of creating a restaurant with Deepak doing the meditation and Sri K. Patabi um, Joyce doing the yoga, and I got to do the culinary. So like that really was the world that I came from. but in order to succeed in any world guess what you have to be good at (laughs) you have to be good at marketing right (laughs) so if you're not good at marketing you really can't make it in any in any business in my opinion all of us as much as some of us shy away from it and shy away even from the hard part sales right Um, you have to be good at that we're all selling something right even in a relationship we're selling ourselves being the one for somebody else right so That marketing side of my background and education came in really handy in bigging up my culinary reputation and getting a lot of that work. But I got a, um, I got sick. I was eating a lot of raw food and I developed SIBO and I just couldn't get over it. And so I had a very, I had a problem with promoting my food related products, my raw food courses and cleanses because I thought, well, geez, until I figure this out, I don't want anyone, anybody else to get sick eating, right. living on raw food all the time. I felt really but it was a mismatch. For me, there's a reason like my main program was called conscious copy converts because if it's not conscious, if you're not really in love with it and it doesn't mean something to you, then I don't believe you can market it well.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't oh, yeah. believe you can People market can it well it. unless you really truly believe in it. So, I I lost faith in that and I but I loved my marketing. I loved what I was doing and luckily other people did too and I got the chance to do some marketing for some great people and you know once you do marketing for someone amazing you really get passed around once you're in that well you know this from some of your writing history like once you work for one New York Times bestselling author you could just line them up and you just the demand is there right. so I got to work for Daniel Amen and then to JJ Virgin and Dr. Sarah Godfrey and it was like one after the other after the other like it this great writing opportunities just kept coming yeah and that's how it happened for me was I had a pivot in one space that I was in and I initially um, wanted to continue the marketing that I loved so much in the culinary space over into the health space but into brands that were already existing platforms that had content I felt great about so every time an author came to me with a launch or some marketing or a funnel that needed to be built the first thing I did was do my homework I did a brand deep dive. Who is this person? You know, have they been indicted for anything I don't know about? What do the <laughs> books say? Like, read the books. Like, God forbid a writer actually read the books that, for the people that they're writing for, right? Yeah, so exactly. Read the books. Force myself through their online program. So that meant, like, watching the videos at triple speed and, you know, do, absorbing a deep, deep version of everything I could get about that brand in my head before I said yes or no. And then... The PS de resistance, which for me, for my copywriting method, is getting people on the phone. I don't work for brands who don't get me at least 20 people on the phone for Avatar and Empathy Map interviews. Oh, wow. They're one-on-one interviews. And that's the ticket right there. I really think that's the ticket because yeah. once you talk to people, they will actually give you the language that your brand needs to feed back. To people who are brand new to your brand, your own existing audience, if you ask them the right questions in the right order, will tell you the exact verbiage, phrases and sentiments you need to use to promote your brand to someone who's brand new to your brand. And they'll give you the language all the way through. So from the ad, to the content, to the opt-in, to the nurture sequence, to the fulfillment sequence, to the post-purchase, they will give you all of the language and phrases. And it just so happens, thanks to resonance in the way of the universe, right? Yeah. That certain brands attract certain people who use certain phrases, who use certain sentiments, who have certain beliefs, you know? And you get to tap into your own audience,
1: that is and so golden. We could end this right now, and people yeah, go. just go. That. That's it. <laughs> and it changes everything. <laughs> but we're not. We still, we still have more. But that was that's just brilliant. That's like, wow, <laughs> huge takeaway. Yeah.
0: So that's that's how it happened, and that's the um, that's the foundation for all body of copy that I write for any funnel. It all starts
1: there. So, what is the biggest mistake that you see people doing now when they're trying to connect with their customers through copy?
0: The biggest mistake that I think people made, and I use this word earlier, you'll hear me use this word a lot, is they make a resonance mistake. They make a mismatch, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, <laughs> well, think of it like this. The, the, a brand probably has a solution, right? right? A brand has a solution to some sort of problem or they can make your life better in some way. They've got something for you. They resonate with that solution. So they live over here on the sunny side of the street where everything's good because they already have the solution. And then they're trying to talk to people who are over on the dark side of the street, right, (laughs) where there's no light and they can't figure out what's going on. And they're using terminology about life on the sunny side to people who don't even know what the sun looks like. And so they're showering them with messages of all this good things that could happen and all the promise of this beautiful life that the brand invites you over to that side of the street to live in that lifestyle. And the brand should do that. Right. It should make an opening. But what they but what brands don't realize is they're just like showering people with all this sunshine when they're so trapped in the dark that they can't even see it. Right. It's literal. If you are in a dark room and you step out into the sun, there's that few minutes where you just can't see at all right? And so what I would love to see brands do is get a lot more comfortable. And this happens once you've done the interviews, right? Especially if you ask questions in the order that, that I teach people to write it. And by the way, this is not a secret, I'm an open book, like I will give you guys and your audience access to a class that I just did. And, and in that class, they will find links to two different worksheets. That have sample questions the way I do them, the order that I do them, right? And how I color code them and use them. But what I would like to see brands do is shine a little flashlight so that they could maybe get people used to the idea, right? right? They need to go and they need to feel comfortable talking to people in the dark, The brand is so bright and shiny with its solution that it needs to be comfortable being vulnerable and talking about when they were dark and talking about the time when they still were in deep in the problem before they had the solution. And then they're resonating with the people who need to cross the bridge. Mm
1: -hmm. They're not just
0: shining a light that's blinding them. They're going over into the dark and giving them a flashlight and showing them how to turn it on. Right. And then they'll give them a light bulb and they'll show them how to turn that on. And then they'll invite them to come over and live on the sunny side of the street. That's the biggest mistake that I see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. I, I, I see that a lot. Well, you know it yourself as a customer, when you just feel lost right away exactly (laughs) look how wonderful you are
0: and your your thinking automatically goes to yeah but not for me or yeah but I've tried something like that yeah but I couldn't do that before as soon as you hear that like those thoughts are creeping in where it doesn't fit for me this doesn't fit for me something doesn't work for me Mm -hmm. then you know that they haven't quite nailed the messaging they're just showing you how great life is on the sunny side of the street if all those questions are popping in if you're not looking at a page and saying, wow, yeah. If they're not first getting you to say, wow, yeah, my situation does suck. Like this is really like, I hate that every time I drink a beer or have a pizza, I get terrible stomach aches and I feel awful. Right.
1: Exactly. But
0: you have to talk to them about that. You can't talk, you can't go straight to talking about getting off gluten. Like you can't, ha- they don't even, might not even know what gluten is oh, yet. Totally. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, what the hell is gluten? And why would I stop doing it? Beer is great. Pizza is great. So you have to have the conversation way over with them in their little zone where they're at.
1: Yes, exactly. You know, I just, about two weeks ago, Eric and I, We're at this um, summit at sea and I had dinner with the director of digital marketing for Nike. And the coolest thing was that, you know, there were so many questions I wanted to ask him, but the coolest thing was him asking me, what I loved about my workout clothes, <laughs> what it is that I look for, what kind of shoes I want to wear. Why is it that you love? I bet you love Lululemon, he said. And I said, I do love Lululemon. Why is it? you know? And I was telling him all these reasons. And it was so cool because he's like, this is what I do. I find out what it is that people are looking for, what it is in their words, like you said. Uh-huh. Um, and that's what we use in our marketing. I'm like, well, obviously that's why Nike is so (laughs) huge, you know, but it's exactly (laughs) what you're saying, you know, think about the brands that you really are in love with and why, you know, it's, it's not because you, you went in with confusion going, oh, you're this great big solution. I have no idea what you do, but let me in. It's not because of that. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. It isn't. And, and even when it is, so let's say that there was some factor of Lululemon that for some reason you and I perceived as more sexy are going to make our butt look more perky in those little pants, right? Like instead of a Nike pants, right? Like if there is already some perception where you and I want into that brand – then chances are that that brand initially did a great job of connecting and creating a grassroots communication with their initial audience, right? Because right. there's four different personality buying styles, right? Exactly. There's four different – the competitive, the spontaneous, the humanistic, and the methodical. And they're all – there's different percentage of the population falls into one of those four, right?
1: Now, most but, people, what you just said, don't know what you're talking about. I haven't heard that yeah, before. And this is part so, of what you, what you teach. And also – if I'm correct, what they'll get to learn from and what we, in our, in our little gift that we give them at the end of this podcast. Okay.
0: Yes, they will. And that's something that, like, for the time that we have together, we'll, we can cover on that in a minute. But essentially, there's four different buying styles, right? And some of them, particularly the competitors, who are people who are, they want to win. They want to have a competitive advantage. They want the best. They yeah. will take zero, like, no wavering in quality, right? right? Well, even though that's only 9% of the population, if that 9% of the population is an early adopter to Lululemon, Right? Yeah. Then that means that we, as spontaneous, like people who are maybe more in the spontaneous or humanistic or methodical, because they had it first and those innovators did it first, we're going to want into that brand a little bit more, probably a lot more than we would have had they not had that initial connection with a specific segment of the market. Right? Right. So, what you were saying, like, you know, some brands, you know, some brands can just have a magnet like a, a charisma or a, a really a, a magnetic factor about them. And even those brands, in my opinion, it's because their early grassroots marketing and their foundational marketing connected so well in the beginning with early adopters mm-hmm. that that was created, that that magnetism was created. Okay.
1: That makes Does sense. that make sense. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, Let's talk about some of the other personality types while we're on it. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So the the, the competitive is nine percent, roughly of, okay. the, of the population, and those are the people who are gonna make decisions quickly. They're gonna buy quickly. So that's the type of person. I mean, I love that person from someone who's competes. So much with myself on any funnel, but certainly on the quick results things like on Facebook ads, right? Like the people who are the competitors, I can take them from a really good Facebook ad straight to a sales page. Yeah. Right. Whereas someone who's more like a humanistic, I better take them from a Facebook ad and then I'm going to take them to a piece of content and that content is going to invite them to opt in for something and then the opt in is going to come with a nurture sequence so I'm probably going to talk to them for a few days, like onboard them to the brand, give them lots of info, let them know about me and my personality, what they can expect from me integrity wise, content wise, like it's all positioned from them like how it's going to serve them but I get to deliver a whole bunch of stuff in that nurture sequence and then at the end I'm doing invites to the sales page and I'm trying to close a sale right right now they're on my list they're going to get some list love and then maybe a week later after that's over they might get an actual pitch so that's a long drawn out romantic relationship between customer and seller right right so people like the, the humanistics and the methodicals, they need a lot more of that hand-holding, right? So the competitives, really quick, yeah, right? They're yeah. very logical. They want to know the science behind it, the competitive advantage, bigger, better, best. Like they won't take any compromises. And then you have the spontaneous people. And the spontaneous people are going to be into things that are shiny and new, right? So the spontaneous people are on what diet right now? They're on the paleo diet, right? Because right? everyone's on the paleo diet. It's like, <laughs> it's yes. like the newest best thing. You just eat meat and vegetables. And, like, it's all over the place. It's on every magazine. So you can bet the majority of the spontaneous people are on that diet plan. And that's about 30% of the population. So that's a lot. Okay. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. You know? And then you're going to have your, your humanistic people. Now, for the spontaneous people, if it's new or shiny, they're going to be all over it, right? If there's tons of shares, you have social proof. They're going to love that anything that goes fast on social. They yeah. want, like, they want to start quick and dive in quick. So, anything—if you have a long process, but you can give the spontaneous like a uh, like a quick start guide or a jump start guide or a ten tips to getting started tomorrow—they're going to love oh, that stuff, totally right? In. Yeah. Yeah, because they want to they they want to they're they're quick like the competitive, but they just need a little bit more help getting into the groove of it. Right. Right. And then 21% of the population is humanistic. And these are the people whose whole life is built on their connection to everybody else. So it's They're very supportive, right? They Mm -hmm. may play very nurturing roles and they're the type of person who, oh, if you have this skin condition and they see an article about it, they're going to cut that article out and they're going to send it to you in the mail or they're going to grab a link and they're going to send it to your email, right? They're very connected people and they need to know about you. They need to know about your brand and how it got started and they need lots of stories to prove that it makes a difference in day-to-day life for them and their family and their kids and their big social circle, right? Right. And then there's the methodicals and that's 40% of the population and they're very... They need to know how it works, how it was manufactured. They need to be assured of its quality. They need to know about its competitive advantage. They need step-by-step directions, right? And they definitely need an out-of-the-box solution. Like the methodical will want you to say, tell me what to do, open it up, plug it in here, tap it in over there, turn it on, press the, <laughs> the green button. They want need you to- the blueprint, yeah. Yes, very, very clear, step by step by step. And people will ask me, well, why don't? Why wouldn't I just write all of my funnels for the spontaneous? That's 30% of the population. So maybe I could just do like a spontaneous-based funnel and a humanistic-based funnel and not worry about the rest. But do you remember how I talked about how some brands create that charisma and that just magnetic attraction Right. And- Because they get like the competitors on early. So a a lot of competitors tend to be people that we look up to and brands we look up to and people who are innovating and doing things first, right? They're the first person who saw that movie or read that book or wore that brand of clothing, right? And so we find out about it from them first. So we can't ignore anybody on this spectrum. We can't ignore anybody. All we can do is create content that might help us self-select, like help them self-select and help us tag them on the back end in our CRM, right, right. in our customer service office. So, so we know that we know that they like information a certain way, and then it makes the selling conversation a lot shorter and a lot easier because we know what to provide everybody.
1: Right, right. So Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. And it's so interesting. You know, you're talking about funnels, and I think a lot of people have – well, you know, I don't know for sure, but I, I, I see a lot of people that they just use one funnel.
0: That's oh, it, yeah. Like you
1: said, so let's talk about funnels because there's some people that, you know, their, their whole, their sequence is you know, two emails <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and they have one funnel and they have,
1: and it's just kind of like, well, oh, that's all I need, but let's talk about funnels and why they're so important and where people are missing, missing the mark. And, and how, how do you build out all of those different funnels for the different personality types?
0: Well, that's a great question. And, and, I, and when, when your audience, when you, all you guys who are listening get to the course, you'll actually see some visuals that will make this a lot easier to see. But let's just sort of talk about this together and we'll visualize it as best we can. So obviously we have a funnel, so that means we have something that's very wide at the top and it's very skinny at the bottom. Right? right. So for me, I like to take a very overarching look of the funnel first. So in other words, I like to fly way, way, way above what I look as a theme park. Right. So we're even adding into the, the, ver- the new version of the course that's coming out in 2017 has the whole um, it's called a brand wonderland atlas. That's right. Okay. A brand wonderland atlas. And if you think of your brand as a theme park, you need to think about all the entry gates that they might come into. Right. So right. there's going to be this funnel of at the top of all the different ways they could come into you. Now, you're right. A lot of people, I personally think they're leaving way too much money on the table. <laughs> um, just put out one funnel. Right. So maybe for, for most brands, I'd say the simplest version of that. And you could definitely chime in if you think it's something different. But I think for most brands, that's their main homepage opt in. Yes. For most brands, that's their main homepage opt in. And that's great, you know, (laughs) I just feel like you're leaving so much money on the table if that's all you do, especially if you don't have a nurture series that backs that up. Right. Right. So if you have, well, I'll use, I'll use my own brand as an example. Right. So in the promotion um, of in that video that you guys will see, which of course invites to a class where you can do all this week over week and just like have your butt kicked into creating a full funnel. Right. But when that, when they see that video, if all I did was give people that video and be like, peace out, see ya. Like that doesn't really help because there's a lot of stuff in that video that might be really hard for people to implement or for them to understand, you know, that I might be using some terminology that they need to understand. I might need to diffuse the bombs that seem really dangerous to them and say, hey, that sounds really complicated, but all you do is go over here and you grab this code and you paste it right here and then your widget is live on your site and people can opt in. So like the things that they think are hard, it's my job as the brand, it's my job to make it doable for them. Right. Right. Now, not easy. You know, some things are not easy. If someone wants to lose 200 pounds, that's just not easy, right? Yeah, exactly. But it can be a brand's job and the brand who gets the sale will be the brand who shows up and says, hey, here's a way to start losing that 200 pounds. And then when they get that opt-in, The conversation isn't one or two emails because 200 pounds is a lot of weight to lose, right? Creating a funnel when you're brand new to the industry is a very difficult thing for people to do. So uh, the brand has to show up and say, hey, you just got this opt-in from me. That's great. That's an awesome first step. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to be here for you in your inbox every day for the next Fill in the blank. One week, right? Yeah. And I'm gonna make sure that you know how to use the documents I gave to you, or the PDF recipes that I gave to you. I want you to know why they're gonna work. I want you to know how to substitute what you're eating now for these foods. And in my case of funnel, like, hey, if this is what's going on, don't go thrashing your team and sending them into operational whiplash because they're they've been doing things wrong. Don't do that. You need your team on your side. Calmly ask for these stats, and we're gonna el- and I'm gonna show you how to elevate them week over week over week by changing your copy. Right, right. So if I if I stay with that reader, if I stay with them after they opted in. And I hold their hand and I show up as someone who's interested in helping them get to the sunny side of the street where I live, right? Then I'm not leaving that money on the table anymore. So that's the main homepage opt-in. You do it. You put something out there and you deliver it. And then you show up in their email in a way that helps them implement whatever you just gave them. Mm -hmm. And as they're implementing, you say, hey, if you want to go deeper I have products and services that can help you go deeper. You're welcome to go check them out. It's not a sale ends at midnight. It's not a four-day cash machine. It's not a hard sell promo. A nurture series is not about selling, although it does sell. It sells by making invitations. It says, hey, you got that, and that was great, and it's free, and you're doing awesome. If you want to go deeper, if you're ready to learn more, if you're ready to take this to the next level, I'm here for you, and those opportunities exist for you over here. Nurture is a very soft sell like that only an invitation and then we let them rest for a week and then the next week we're going to either send them list love, and then the week after that we're going to pitch them or we're going to drop them quiet for a week and then we're going to pitch them and a pitch is very conscious also it's not you know ends now at midnight this you know I don't really like a lot of those hard sells I'll do them for a brand maybe twice a a year yes but I don't like them frequent I think it burns out your list I think you could do a lot more by loving them in their email and then retargeting them on Facebook to get more sale like really salesy stuff that's more of my strategy there but what happens is if they have that main homepage opt-in and then they send one or two emails and they don't help them implement and somebody comes along and helps them implement even just 5 or 10% better than what, what your brand did, that's where you're leaving the money on the table. Yeah right? Really? That's the first point is they give the opt-in and they send one or two things but they're not really closing effectively and the other thing that's even worse is they'll leave that as the main opt-in and not look at the bigger picture of the funnel right? <laughs> yeah. So chances are the the, these brands are creating blog posts and social media posts and they're creating videos they're, they're probably creating a whole great body of content yeah. but just not webbing it together they're not looking at the bigger picture of the way they're whole theme park is laid out right and if they did imagine what they could do right so if you just had four main blog posts right four blog posts that we knew were going to drive eyeballs to with money right we're going to send paid traffic to them or we're going to send affiliate traffic to them or hell we might even send our own list traffic to them right yeah but those posts close into something They close into something. It's not content for the sake of content. It's content that closes into something. Now, for me, I like to do the main brand opt-in, right, on the main web page. And then I like to start with four different content. And can you imagine why I might want four? How many personality styles did we just talk about? Four personality styles. And if I do ads to four different pieces of content that are driven to attract they're actually written like for the methodical for example it would have a whole bunch of links to actual studies right to data right. so these data geeks can get their fix they can see that it really works they can see the stats they can see the open rates that went through the roof they can see the conversions and the sales they can see in actual campaigns where what i'm teaching has worked right so right. One article is going to attract the methodical, one's going to attract a humanistic, one's going to attract a competitive, and one's going to attract a spontaneous. And then when those ads are put out on Facebook, I'm probably going to be attracted to the competitive ad because that's my buying style. I would not be attracted to the methodical because I don't like to scour through a bunch of research and data. Right, right. So in essence, I'm self-selecting the content that works best for me. And then when I get to that page, I would have two versions of that blog post, one that I would run ads to that closes to the opt-in and one that runs ads to that closes to the sales page. And see, do in, in this particular brand's audience – are they getting traffic that's happy to get great content for you and go to the sales page? Or do they need the handholding? Do they need to be taken through the opt-in and the nurture sequence and then to the sales page? And you find that out relatively quickly, right? Yeah, like yeah. if your series is a week long and you give it a week, like you can still within 28 days get a real clear picture of whether or not your methodicals want to go straight to sales page or they need handholding. Whether your humanistics need that choice or competitives and spontaneous and you start to get a really clear picture of what works. And now I have four articles, really eight, right? Cause I've duplicated one to go to the yeah. sales page and one to go to the opt-in. So I've got eight pieces of content out there living. That means free traffic, right? Cause I'm going to be good at SEOing them and using the right language. So now I've got eight pieces of content out in the web, just attracting people. I have my main homepage opt-in and I'm nurturing everybody each step of the way all the way through so that all roads lead to Rome all those lead to my main
1: offer right so this sounds like so beautiful it sounds like you know the golden answer to to building out your your funnels and and writing you know conscious copy but of course we people are like okay well how how am I going to do this and that's this is essentially what you do in your course is walk three people through all of these funnels and all of the using the different personality types. Is that true? Yes. Actually
0: they get walked through the process of inviting their existing customer base to be interviewed. Okay. And then doing the interview questions, what questions do they need to ask? Right? Because for example, one of the first and most, intense questions that gets asked and i had i have to say like there's been so many calls in the thousands of calls that i've done i've people ball their eyeballs out people have admitted to me that they wanted to take their own life that they wanted to leave their marriage like you can't believe oh how bad the state of affairs is like right. when there is a problem in their life it's not just the problem
1: oh of course <laughs>
0: it's the problems that that problem causes right maybe yep. it's problems in the marriage maybe it's problems financially and then that causes problems in the marriage but it's the problems that their problems cause that are the real problem right so the brand is always talking about just the problem and what we need to do is emotionally engage them once what it would once we clarify what it could look like if the initial problem not only was resolved but then all the problems that go along with it are melted away in that process and so one of the first questions that we teach people to ask is about the starting condition right so if you were if you had done the course i would ask you i would say summer what was going on in your company and in your brand that something like what joy was offering even showed up on your radar what the heck was going on yeah And then you would tell me, well, gosh, I was trying this. I was trying that. And it was so frustrating. And then, you know, this business was a new venture for me. And my husband really wasn't on board with me spending all this extra money on every course that came along and every new, you know, I tried one Facebook person after another. And then I tried Google person and I was wasting so much money and it was stressing me out, you know, so I start finding the problems of what was going on. What was your life looking like before I even helped you? Right. Right. And this is what every brand needs to know. What was going on? What else did you try? What did you like about it? What did you hate about it? What was the impact of it being the 15th thing that you tried, right? So when we start going layers deep about, wow, that that, Summer, that sounds awful. What was the impact of that on your day-to-day life? You might say, oh, girl, like I wasn't (laughs) sleeping. I wasn't doing my workout anymore because any time for me felt like a waste of time when this money, this thing was just bleeding money over here. My business needed attention. Nothing felt worth taking a break from it, you know, and those are the conversations that we need. We yes. need to know all of that stuff so that we can write great copy
1: to solve the problem. Exactly, exactly, because that's where the real pain is. And once people yes. feel heard, like, oh my gosh, you get it, and and somebody understands that, they're, it's they're connected.
0: Yes, and so then we show them, after they have all these interviews done, we show them color code the information of like, okay, well, that starting point pain that they had before they engaged with your pain, with or with your brand, I bet you... A lot of newbies who we haven't advertised yet are having that same pain. And so if we take the actual language, and I'm talking about literally word for word. Like I was doing brand avatars or brand avatars interviews for a brand that specializes in Hashimoto's. And I can't tell you, it, I talk to people as young as 18 and as old as 87, yeah. and for some reason, despite cr- changes in d- diversity and how much money they made, how much education they had, what sex they were, what area they lived in, for some reason, the word or the phrase bone-crushing fatigue, yeah. bone-crushing fatigue, it didn't matter how old they were, how much money they it all that phrase just kept coming up. Wow. So, can you imagine how well a Facebook ad performed that was focused on? Solutions for Bone Crushing Fatigue. Right, right. I mean, it was like, it just so happened that that brand leader and her audience, she happened to attract an audience that that phraseology worked for them and it spoke to them. And that's what you get when you do the avatar and empathy maps. And then the challenge of going through that program, okay, well, by week one, I actually hated this brand because of this and this and this and this. And when when someone has purchased a product from us, and we know the point at which they get pissed off or frustrated and we can be there, not sweep it under the rug, but we just be there and we say, this is going to suck. Yeah. You're not going to like it. I don't going to like it. I didn't like it. Your husband's not going to like it. Nobody's going to like it. There's no getting around not liking it. So here is the strategies that we have for getting through it, for powering through it. Then you're a brand that shows up as a real fully aligned friend no matter yes. if it's sunny days or rainy days you're showing up as someone who is there to support them and that is where you get those lifetime values of customers that's through the roof.
1: Yes, absolutely. That empathy is so important.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's really all it is. It's really just human-to-human interaction and trying to capture a really efficient way to use all the awesome technology that we have that we don't have to manually send an email every day. (laughs) If we just bring it all the way back to empathy and compassion between two humans, then the sale becomes a much simpler, simpler thing because it's just one person caring about another in a really conscious, committed way. And that will sell every time.
1: So I would imagine that people are having all kinds of light bulbs going off about their brand and probably getting excited like, wow, I didn't even realize this is, you know, all of these other problems we're actually solving by solving this bigger problem. So, you know, initially thinking, here's what we're trying to solve. And then really they're, you know, They're really changing their customers' lives once they know how to speak to them.
0: Yes. You've exactly got it, Summer. And just think about that Hashimoto's example, right? Yeah, exactly. Some people don't even know they have Hashimoto's. Right. Oh, yeah. And even if they went to a doctor and they actually got that diagnosis, a lot of doctors wouldn't even know how to treat that. So maybe they've never heard of that word before. Right they've never heard of the test they might have to ask for to get it before but you can bet your ass they know what bone crushing they know the symptom exactly like. exactly <laughs> and so we can start having conversations and some of those conversations actually lead to them walking into the doctor and getting that test exactly. and then coming back to this brand to get a solution
1: well and because that now they they recognize that brand and they connect with that brand as the one that changed their life <laughs> So yes, whatever that, that brand puts me. out, you're going to yes. trust and you're going to want to buy from. The
0: one that made from. me wonder yes. if there was a different way, if I was looking at things wrong, you know, there's, you know, it's just a totally different conversation when it's just one, you know, one thing, one person showing up or one brand showing up to care for the human on the other end that at some point has to hit a buy now button.
1: Totally. So based on this and, and these, you know, moments that these your clients are having going through this whole process what kind of results are you seeing with their business
0: oh my gosh it's been nothing short of amazing i yeah. mean the the one of my clients who specializes in and parenting content which is amazing had a 400% roi wow in- Doing her funnel this way than she did. For JJ Virgin, the funnel Drop Seven Foods, which is a great funnel to look at as an example, too. Yeah. It's just dropsevenfoods.com. That funnel was her JJ's highest performing funnel last year. And that's not a brand that hasn't had great success. I mean, she's had four best-selling yeah, authors, exactly. you know, she's the best-selling author of four different books. Right. So it's not like any of these brands were like didn't have a name in their space before this style of conscious copy came along. It's just a matter of stripping it all down to what is what does that reader need like how can I connect with that reader like how can I do that authentically and you know like I said I've been really blessed where the content of the brands that I write for I love it you know yes. Um, and I realize that there's that's not always going to be the case right so I don't do I don't do that I don't take on brands that I don't have a visceral experience of like wow I can see it like I can I can see how this would move the needle for humanity for people who have this issue yeah because I know there's so many brands out there I'll never reach I'll never be able to help that's why the course was put together right because there Either they, they can't afford the agency style copy that we do for clients when I write the funnels outright and architect those with Travis, um, who you know also yes. he's an amazing amazing uh, funnel architect yeah and and so the, the agency clients the that is a high price point item you know just even entry level packages are twenty five grand and so. Because there was a need for people to replicate this in brands that were, you know, maybe smaller than I could get to or just were about things I didn't have any connection to. That's where the demand came for. Will you teach the process? Will you show us what you did for all these big brands? Will you make it doable for me and my team? Mm-hmm. And it's not easy. You know, it's not easy. It's it's a lot easier to just sit in your bubble and imagine what it might be and go on a little bit of data from Facebook and Google Analytics and try to guess. But I got news for you. How much money someone makes and what kind of car they drive and what sex they are is not enough, to, not co- enough. to connect. <laughs> it's not enough to connect, you know. it's so true. Yeah. And there's other versions, you know, like even Ryan Levesque method of ask it's like it's the same concept it's just a survey for me there is some magic summer there's some magic to getting someone on your team you know if it's an agency client it's me or someone on my team like before any one word of copy is written we have connected and we've heard the stories we've heard the nightmares from before they engage with the brand and we've heard the dreams that have come true after the engagement with the brand and when you have that in your being, in your knowing, in your, you know, in your mental headspace, when you sit down to write a funnel, it comes out different.
1: Oh yeah, of course. So you know what, I'm, as, as we're talking about this, I'm curious, have you had anybody who's gone through the course and then kind of goes, you know what, I'm actually not in alignment with what my service or product is and yes. I'm totally going <laughs> to do something different <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm just and, thinking, and this I've could be scary. It's scary. It's hard going minute, through this. This
0: is an audience segment that doesn't have any money, and I don't want to serve them. Yeah. Like, I don't. So I've had a lot. of like, Yes. And in, in the last live version of the course, we had one of each. One that was like, oh, wait a minute. My offer is <laughs> terrible. And I don't. I just guess I got lucky. I didn't realize how many people. Like, it was my friends and family who bought, which is yeah. great. But, like, that only goes so far. It's like the MLM thing, right? Like, right. Right. Yeah, you can only do so much of that before people are sick of you talking about right, it. Right, right. Um, and then, like I said, the other one was like, "Wait a minute! The audience segment that I am, my product is geared up to help, does not have the financial bandwidth to buy this product. I need to pivot." Yeah. And that's great learnings because oh, totally. better that they learn that now than that they learn that, you know, 100K into a, a spend on the funnel being built out and ads being bought and specialists being brought in to consult on one thing or another. You know, like better they figure that out early in the game than later.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Well, it's a good, it it can, it's, it's probably going to be a challenging, scary, but a good kind of scary experience. And if you are an entrepreneur, you, you know that you do welcome that (laughs) it's fun. It makes, you know, it, it creates change and you can't really create change without getting a little comfortable and facing those, those things that you've been shielding yourself from. So it's, I'm excited. (laughs) I'm going to do this myself. You so so it's an intro class and you talk about all of the personality, all four of those personality buying styles and how to trigger yep. them. You mm-hmm. said there's gonna be a link to a spreadsheet in there. Yes, as well. with some sample questions Fantastic. because okay. one
0: of the things that's hard about doing the Avatar and Empathy map is deciding who can ask those questions. Right. And we cover that in the in the class that I have for you guys. Who can ask those questions, right? Because let's just say in in the example of my course, right? So if I just finished helping all these brands to revamp their marketing and get a huge ROI on their investment in that course, it's not highly likely that they're going to feel comfortable bashing what was wrong with the course or what I did wrong or what like I cussed too much in my course, right? So like <laughs> they, they're, not, they're probably not even going to complain about that to right. me, even though I know I should clean it up, right? So. So what happens is there's, there's a, there is a person on your team or there is a coach that you can hire or there are people that can ask these questions for you that are close to your brand, that know your content. So we explain in that video that you, you guys will see that how, who can ask those questions and then what questions should they ask. And then the answers, what answers, what patterns am I looking for? And where can I use that language in which part of my funnel? And it goes through all of that, including... How you might want to trigger or have different types of content or copy aligned on a page so that we can activate the competitive, the spontaneous, the humanistic, and the methodical all on one sales page. Because let's face it, we're not going to do four versions of the sales page just for the personality style, most likely, Mm -hmm. right? It's certainly not early in the game. Later, after they've been tagged and we're pitching them a subsequent item Certainly we could do that. It would be easy, you know, but in the, in the top of the funnel, that's really hard to do. So they need to know on a sales page where we're all roads end up on that page. How do we address the fact that we're dealing with four different personality styles and there is a formula to it. There's an order to it. You know, we have to address the competitive first, right? Or they'll bounce off the page, right? right? Exactly. And then the data, we can't have that way up at the top because we move everybody else. So there is a formula and all of that is covered in that course. And then in the course, because I want to make sure that you're actually using it, yes. then I'll send you the follow-up email that says, okay, here's the spreadsheet that I mentioned. And it's a sample spreadsheet with sample color coding and sample questions and some instructions on how to change it for your brand. So your interviews milk all the juicy, yummy stuff that you need to write great funnels when those questions are asked to your audience members.
1: Oh my gosh, this is so awesome. And I think like for anybody, you know, everybody's using copy, whether you're doing it yourself or you have a team of, of writers, it's like, why wouldn't you do this? And like you you had mentioned on, a, on another conversation outside of this podcast, even if, they, if you did nothing but just this intro class that we're going to give you a link to in just a moment, you could literally have your own 400 times ROI. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. It's like, you know, exactly. Take, you the, know. take the, what is yeah. it, a little over an it hour is- to course. to watch this and, and dedicate that time. And then if you're if you're wanting more, then obviously you will you will be invited. Yeah. <laughs> to, exactly. to, to do the follow-up class. Exactly. So,
0: and you know, and one of the things to know, even just watching this course when you guys go through this information I want you to be thinking one thing it's very similar to, to investing or, or setting up your retirement so you have plenty of money when you're older right it's hard now yes. easy later hard now easy later and the reason that I forewarn you is there's a lot of information in that class and some of it may be very new to you but if you just take in those simple principles and execute on them like Summer said you would have an uh, a great ROI just on your time that you invested in watching that for that. And the second thing that I want to share why hard now, easy later is great is if you did one funnel in the way that in this conscious copy style that I'm explaining how to do, if you did it just once, it becomes replicatable for much less inexpensive outsourced work. Right. So what I mean by that, you do it once really well in your voice with a compassionate relationship between you and your potential customers, right? Right. Once you do that, then it's easy to hand that off to your team or to outsource copywriters, right? Yes. And overseas, you can get them relatively inexpensively, but they're probably going to do a mediocre job at best yeah. if you have not given them a template of style and voice and content communication and what the pillars of the lifestyle that your brand represents are
1: like so hard now
0: easy later you do this one time and you can pass it off and have a lot more
1: time sipping martinis with your sweetheart at sunset totally and and like with anything (laughs) you're building the foundation which is the hardest part because (laughs) everything everything above that becomes much easier but yeah, I'm. I'm really excited. I'm really excited for our audience to use this, and I and I hope that we get to hear from from you all how it well, works for you. Um, I'm going to give you. You're probably all waiting. What is that site? <laughs> Where can I get this video? <laughs> You'll go to Copy Launcher, but it's C O P Y L A U N C H R forward slash getgenius.com. dot and we will also have a link to that in our show notes as well as the blog post, as always. And you know what, Summer? It's copylauncher.com forward slash get genius. Whoops. See, I already messed that up. Copylauncher.com forward slash get genius. There we go. I misread that. Exactly. And it's
0: copylauncher, L A U N C H R, no B.
1: Okay, perfect. So copylauncher.com forward slash get genius. C O P Y L A U N C H R. The link will go right to that. Oh my gosh, this has been awesome, Joy. <laughs> Thanks so, for having me. This is so fun. cool. <laughs> so, so valuable, and I can't wait to take this class myself. This was truly, truly, truly a genius episode. Amazing stuff. Even just listening to this interview, you'll have so many takeaways, but uh, I can't see why you wouldn't just go straight to the video and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Get a little glass of wine and a notepad.
0: Exactly. Have some fun. I
1: mean, so for me, much. you know, talking
0: about copy and marketing is really fun. But I guess you guys might have a little
1: more. <laughs> it's fun, you know we've got we've got an audience full of entrepreneurs and marketers. Like you know they they all get it. But sometimes you just need that. Like, oh my gosh, that's right. I haven't even been thinking about that. I thought my you know two email sequence was doing just fine. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and if you're killing it with your two email sequence, then more power to you, but my <laughs> guess is you might be leaving a little uh, money on the table, exactly. and I'd like to help you sweep that up
1: and put it in your pocket. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Joy. I can't wait to see you and Travis. I know we've got a dinner date coming up soon, so I can't Yes, wait. I'm excited for that. Yay. All right, tell Mike we said hi. <laughs> I will. Thank you so much. Have an awesome day. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to today's Get Genius. You can learn more about The
0: Draw Shop at www.thedrawshop.com. On Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Your home for kick-butt custom whiteboard marketing videos. Your ideas come to life. Thanks for listening. Please share, comment, and make any suggestions for future genius guests.